We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Hey there. We at Blue Wire just wanted to take a second to thank you for listening to this podcast. We know everything outside is pretty scary and uncertain, but we're committed to helping you get through your day by talking about the sports and teams that you love most. If you're looking for more great podcasts to distract you, check out BlueWirePods.com. Thanks for listening. Enjoy the podcast and stay safe. Ah, yes. What's good, everybody? Welcome back to Veterans Minimum. Hope you are all staying safe, wearing those masks like Ray Mysterio, and you're washing them hands. We are back with another installment. Fuck, that was horrible. Ah, yes. What's good, everybody? Welcome back to Veterans Minimum. I am your host, Nick Dayas, at The Lamb Show, where you can find me. Hope you are all safe. Hope you are all catching up on some content over at VM. We just released our latest episode, the top 10 QBs of the 2000s. Our fourth episode, we are cracking our top 10, and this is where it gets funky. This is where it gets really, really interesting. And if you guys haven't listened to that, or if you haven't listened to the whole series yet, want to catch up this is a good time to do so and also the podcast and chill with lazy the savage my buddy mike who has done so much for me and my growth in this uh industry i guess you could say and has networked with me uh really cool man i think you guys will find a new respect for ufc fighters and fighters in general and you know he's a filmmaker and documentarian and it's a really really fun episode that episode actually means a lot to me so if you haven't listened to it please go and listen to it it's the podcast and chill with Lazy to Savage. All right, a couple of housekeeping notes. My guest today, two guests. It is WrestleMania week, and I brought on none other than the man, the myth, the icon, Stack Guy Greg. For those of you that don't know, SGG is his nickname, Stack Guy Greg. Greg Hyde, lawyer by day, wrestling mark by night. He is the co-host of the 
ESPN Wrestling Podcast, Cheap Heat, alongside Peter Rosenberg, who's one of my inspirations and uh, one of my role models or idols, I guess you could say, in the podcast and, and, and broadcasting game. Big fan of his. He's most known for his work with Hot 97, been a stable over there for more than a decade, over a decade for sure. And also he's done a lot of work on ESPN throughout the years and they have a wrestling podcast. I'm often asked what my favorite podcasts are to listen to. And I'm not just saying it because I just had Greg on the show. Cheap Heat is the only wrestling podcast I listen to on a weekly basis. And obviously I listen to the Stone Cold podcast who Dave Mason, who was on the program just a couple of weeks ago from Bet Online was just on the program with Steve Austin, but he came to VM first. So, you know, we got, you know, the juice is temporary, but the sauce lasts forever is what I'm saying. So with the Stone Cold podcast, it all depends on who the guest is going to be. But Cheap Heat, man, I listen to it all the time. And I got to link up with Greg last year at Wale Mania. And we just talk about how WrestleMania is going to be the most unique WrestleMania of all time. And you guys know that I'm a big wrestling fan. I used to have a wrestling show. And then when shit fell apart, we kind of combined everything in one. And wrestling is in mainstream media. It's covered by ESPN. They've been running WrestleManias nonstop now during this lockout and this quarantine that we're all living under. And it's the most unique WrestleMania of all time because, number one, they're doing it on two different days. They're doing it this Saturday and this Sunday. But also, it's going to be in front of an empty arena. And Vince McMahon, if you know anything about the guy, he is the greatest promoter of all time. Sorry, Dana White. Sorry, anyone in boxing. You're not touching Vince McMahon. He believes in the show goes on. And Greg and I talk about how wrestling provides an escape for many, many people. And it's a form of entertainment that they're giving to the audience in a time of need right now. So... What are the pros and cons of this? And we kind of just shoot this shit. And I also think Greg has one of the coolest stories of how he got involved in the podcast, which he gets to. So that's the first part of this episode because it is Mania Week and we've touched on wrestling in the past. So I figured why not? Let's get Greg on here. And also the second half of the episode towards the tail end, I'm joined by my girl, Valerie Theophanis. Val works for Spectrum One, New York One in New York City. She's a producer for this show. She's been an on-air talent as well, has done traffic in the past, but since no one can fucking drive, she is behind the scenes now producing the shows. And, you know, a lot of people are a little iffy on how to deal with the news and deal with the media nowadays. It could be a very toxic environment, but Val comes on to give us a behind the scenes of what's really going on with this coronavirus outbreak. And I tie it into sports because, number one, I am really good at what I do. Number two, because it's the reason why there are no sports, right? This coronavirus shit. That's why it's very important to stay home and follow the rules. But also, New York City, if you guys aren't aware, we're at the epicenter of this. We have the most cases, the most deaths. It's Most deaths, uh, I'm not sure, but definitely the most cases, without a doubt. And people are not listening. People are still going outside. So Val gives us a behind the scenes of what it's like working for a new station that is covering this. And I think it's very, very informative. It's a very insightful conversation. So I do think it's one that is very unique to VM's history, but I also think it's one during these hard times, hard times, daddy, that we tune in and pay attention to. And also on a personal note, I know I've been rambling a lot, but segueing from one coronavirus outbreak to another coronavirus cause 
If you've been following the news, you know that there is a shortage of masks and supplies and hospitals are filled to the tippy top with patients. And it's a very chaotic scene. My buddy Davino, who's been on the program before, his girlfriend, Andrea, number one, she's an angel. Number two, she's a great girl. Number three, she's a nurse. And she recently became a full-time nurse, graduated from nursing school. And her first task is, hey, here you go. Deal with this coronavirus. And I've gotten to talk to her and to Davino. And I don't usually do this because I like to keep things separate. But my Twitch channel is twitch.tv slash the lamb show. Some of you are fans of both the show VM and you guys have pivoted into the Twitch community. And it's just a different vibe over there. But the reason why I'm bringing this up is I've heard the complaints. I've heard the noise and the Twitch community that I have built, the legends out there. They've been really, really cool the last two weeks. Um, the love and, and 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 the energy has been fantastic, and I'm forever grateful for that. So I wanted to give back. And on behalf of Veterans Minimum and myself, I'm going to be donating $250 to Andrea and to the hospital. And my goal is I'm doing a 12-hour stream, 12 to 12 this Friday, and all the proceeds from that stream will be given to Andrea enter her hospital to do whatever they please with it if it's food for the staff if it's more gloves if it's more whatever it is I trust her I'm giving it to a good cause so if you guys have some extra change the money from the patreon some of that is going to this as well uh it's a way to give back and it's a way to maybe put some smiles on some faces during these crazy times people are looking for some entertainment I'll be streaming this Friday 12 to 12 Come on over, hop on over. If you can donate, dope. If you want to just stop by and say, yo, Lamb, how the hell do you have Tony Romo number six on your QB list all time and he hasn't won a championship? Come on over. Let's shoot this shit. Let's have some fun. Let's put some smiles on people's faces. All that money will be going to a good cause. So that's it. I'll shut up now. Shout out to the members of the Patreon, patreon.com slash veterans minimum, Boclore. Boclore, Corey Johnson Hoops, Derek Pleiates, Ryan Pisner, Nick Chavez, Christopher Velasquez, Daniel Gibson. I appreciate you all. Let's talk about some wrestling. Let's talk about some COVID. Let's just have some fun, baby. Here comes the money. Here we go. Money talks. Here comes the money. Time to pay some bills with currently no NBA, NHL, or MLB. You might think that there's nothing to bet on. Well, congrats. You'd be wrong. Our exclusive partner still has hundreds of sports, events, and games to wager on. Or they can bring Vegas to you with their online casino and blackjack. Open 24 hours a day and all online, including their $750,000 poker series. I'd have to dabble in that. You know what I'm saying? If you're into props and entertainment betting, you can still bet on Survivor, Big Brother, American Idol, stock prices, and the weather. Visit their website and join today to receive a 100% welcome bonus with your first deposit. Be sure to use the promo code BLUEWIRE. That is BLUEWIRE, B-L-U-E-W-I-R-E. Bet online, your online wagering experts. I just like the sound of it. 
All right, guys. Welcome back to the show. My guest today, I often get asked what podcast I listen to. And when it comes to wrestling, it's the only one I listen to. And I'm not just putting him over because he's on the show. But my guy, SGG, Stack Guy Greg, attorney by day, wrestling barologist by night. Greg, welcome to the show, bro. Yo, what's going on? Thanks for having me. Dude, you know what's crazy? I was trying to remember when was the the time that I met you, and it was... It was Wale Mania. Wale Mania last, last year. year. Seems like forever ago, the last time we were able to hang out with more than three people in a room. <laughs> yeah. It won't be like that for a while, too, it sounds like. Oh, man. Dude, that was a good time. And one of the coolest things, man, is... Uh, I don't know if I told you this then, too, but it's dope when you meet someone that you're a fan of, and they're not like a dick, you know what I mean? And they're like, <laughs> I do know what you mean. Yeah, yeah, I can imagine. Like, you've probably met so many people with with your show and whatnot, and and some of the people that you know, and it could be it could be underwhelming sometimes, right? Yeah, it can. And uh, you you hit the nail on the head too. Like, some of them can be sort of uh, like you said. You said like, like a dick. Yeah. There's one in particular. Like, as soon as you said that, I was like, oh yeah, I know exactly what you mean. I'm not gonna say it on here. But um, it was right around the WrestleMania weekend, just like, just like we got coming up right now, and um, someone had a match, and right after the match, I went and I bought the shirt. I bought dude's shirt, and I was like, "Yo, that match was phenomenal. I need to cop the merch." Copped it, and then went to the after party. Coming out of the after party, I saw him going into the after party. And then, like, I extended a hand to be like, yo, I'm a fan. I saw your match. It was a great match, blah, blah, blah. He looked at my hand and was like, yeah, okay. That's great. Kept walking. Kept it pushing. I was like, all right. It's almost like that uh, CM Punk Hulk Hogan story. You ever, you ever heard that one? Where, like, he met Hulk Hogan backstage, extended the hand, and Hulk just walked past him, like, brushed him off. Oh, nah. I never heard that one. And, and- It was... <laughs> Oh, okay. It was almost exactly like that, except, you know, I was a Mark fan. Still am, but, but yeah. Yeah. It's great that our meeting was nothing like that. Nah, yeah, yeah. No, nothing like that. We were chilling, we were talking and whatnot, and then you hit me with a follow, and you're like, bro, I'll come on your show whenever, and just, uh... Yeah, man, I've been a fan of uh, Rosenberg and yourself, and it seems like so many people have come and went from Cheap Heap as as co-hosts, but... One guy still remains standing tall. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, it's, it's interesting you say that too because it's like we don't mean for it to be that way, but it, when it happens, you know, we sort of reinvent, hit a new era, and <laughs> just keep it moving. So, dude, I I know the story of how you linked up with Rosenberg and how you became a co-host on Cheap Heat. Tell, tell the audience, because I think it's super unique and, and a really dope story how it came about. Yeah, so, you know, as you said, you know, I'm an attorney by day, by trade. Um, and so one of my clients is Cypher Sounds, right? So, you know, one day I'm listening to Cheap Heat, and, you know, I've been a fan of wrestling forever, just like everybody else who's this age and is a fan. Um, listening to Cheap Heat, and... I forget what the conversation was around. It might have been right around the time when uh, the Bushwhackers were going into the Hall of Fame, right? And so um, Shoemaker made a comment about them being from 
one country versus, you know, where they're actually from. And I was going to go tweet. But, you know, cheap heat back then. And I guess you could say today, too, it still, it still doesn't come out on, like, a regular schedule. Mm-hmm. It's sort of we get to it when we get to it kind of thing. Every week for sure. But, you know, definitely by Friday it's out. But it could be on, like, a Wednesday. It could have been on, like, a Tuesday. So it was out already for a couple of days. So I figured by the time I tweet them, you know, this little correction, they already got the same comment from who knows how many people. Right. And, like, I would figure this is something that definitely probably happens to them on, like, a weekly basis where, like, they'll make a a mistake, which is easy enough because, you know, in the heat of the conversation, you don't always have every date accurate, every fact covered. So I was like, you know, let me hit up Siphon and pitch this idea of, like, like the stat guy to them, which was my role for a little while on the show, which was, you know, let them do their thing, talk, have the conversation, and then at the end, come in and clean up the facts, sort of like uh, Tony Reale mm. on, on PTI. And so Syph thought it was hilarious that, like, you know, young black, you know, attorney dude, sort of cool, was also a wrestling fan because he, he gives Rosenberg shit for it too. So he was like, you know what? Just off of how funny this is, I'm going to tell Rosenberg. And so he did. And then I went in for a show. Um, and then they were like, yeah, come back next week. And then it's just been it. Like ever since then, I was the third Mike stat guy. And then, you know, Shoemaker left. And then the Brian Campbell came in, he left. And then it's been me and Rosenberg for a while. Um, I think this is my fourth year on the show, or fourth or fifth. It's been a while, though. Yo, I've been listening, I think, throughout the entire duration that you've been on, and I think this is going to get you to pop hard, too. But, dude, I can't tell you how many times I've watched the video of Bret Hart walking in on you when y'all were at Hot 97. Oh, my God. Yeah, like... (laughs) Big big Bret Hart guy on the other end, guys. That's why I'm setting that up. (laughs) Yeah, no, I am. I am. Uh, it's like, I I try not to get starstruck. I usually don't, especially like when we're doing an interview. But, you know, when Hitman walked in, it was over. Like, what, what could you say? What could you do? You know, thankfully, I got to talk to him afterwards and like, you know, you know, have that conversation that probably should have had on air, should have been rec- recorded somewhere for everybody else to listen to. But no, nah, that video is just... You know, Rosenberg doing the interview, being the pro that he is, and me me being starstruck, uh, sitting next to the hitman. The greatest of all time, by the way. Hey, man, you're not going to get much of an argument from me. I, I just watched uh, on the network, because I've been crushing the network content, just because there's so much that I've wanted to get to, but, you know, life and shit gets in the way sometimes. But now that I've been locked inside for all these weeks... I've been loving this Broken Skull uh, sessions. I'm a big Stone Cold's my number one draft pick all time. Yeah, and that's a good one. That's a good, that's a good pick. He uh, he shows a lot of love to Bret Hart, man. And we just had the anniversary of their match, which actually, Greg, I don't know if you know this, but that's what kind of like solidified me as a wrestling fan. Like I watched that Hart and Austin the submission match at Mania with yeah. Shamrock as a ref, and then from then on, like I even got the chalk line jacket just to show that I'm super down with it because. <sighs> After that, man, I was like, yo, I don't know what this is because, you know, I'm tw- I just turned 29. So, like, what was I, five, six years old at the time when that happened? Yeah. 
And I was like, yo, I don't know what this is, but this is dope. And that dude that just passed out is the toughest guy that I know. And that was it. The rest is history, man. Yeah, no, that's a good entry point. (laughs) That really is. That's like a generational match. You talk about, like, some of the great matches, and you don't get one every year, Um, especially back then. It would be, like, once in a few years you get a match that's, like, big, and you know it right Mm -hmm. away, and that's one of them. Yeah, that's for sure. That definitely, you just knew right then and there it's going to be remembered for years to come. So I think this is a nice little segue into why I got you on today, man. And this weekend is supposed to be the the Super Bowl for wrestling. And the reason why I'm talking wrestling on this show is because, number one, it's my show, so I can do what I want. Uh, Number two (laughs) is because... Yeah, right? Like, who's going to get no higher upstairs or two? Uh, and And the other thing, though, is even in the past, Greg, you know this as a big wrestling fan, Vince McMahon has this motto and his mantra is the show goes on. And... You know, through adversity, through uh, famous wrestler deaths, through through national tragedies, no matter what it is, Vince McMahon sees wrestling as a form of entertainment, that it could be an escape for his audience, and that's exactly what he's doing. The show was supposed to be at Buccaneer Stadium, Raymond James Stadium in Tampa Bay, 70,000 people. They obviously canceled that. You can't have anyone more than like 20 people around you nowadays. But they canceled that, and they're doing it at the Performance Center down there. And they're running Mania for the first time on two different nights, which... How do you feel about that if that was, like, a regular circumstance? Do you prefer that? No, I don't. I don't. Um, so are, I you, don't are you down with sitting through seven hours? I'm not down with sitting through seven hours. And, you know, it's funny. Every time I'm about to drop a hot take, sirens go by. I'm not <laughs> down with sitting through seven hours. But what... Well, I think about it two ways, right? One, this is two-night thing is definitely going to be a cash grab. And the circumstances set it up perfectly for them to do that. And going forward, why wouldn't you, right? But it sucks because then, you know, front-row seats to Mania are front-row seats to Mania, period. Mm -hmm. So, you know, next year if it's a two-night event, then... Are you going to pay for both nights? Are you going to pay for one night? They're going to double dip on the pay-per-view revenue, you know, but um, I think there's a sweet spot of like not seven hours, but maybe five, because I don't think all the talent needs to be on Mania every year. I don't know where that came from. I don't know what the idea behind it is, but I don't think that everybody needs to make an appearance on mania and i don't think everybody needs an elaborate entrance and everybody needs the video package but that's what extends it to like a seven hour show seven or eight hour show but um as far as them running mania i think that's the right move the show going on i think that's that's the right move i also think it's going to be big for them to get more eyes like the eyes of people that might not be into wrestling or might have been wrestling fans in the past this is Mm mm-hmm going to be i know a lot of this stuff has been pre-taped from what they're saying but even so it's going to be live entertainment it's going to be something new and refreshing and something that the whole world is going to be on social media tweeting about it and shit and talking about it and people like to be down like something happens on social media everyone got to run to their twitter and give a take and i've been one to try to gather as much information as i can like, dude, I know, I know you probably experienced this too. Isn't it weird sometimes? Like, something happens, a wrestler gets released, or someone gets hurt, or some guy doesn't go over, and then immediately people are hitting you on Twitter, like, "Yo, what do you think of this? What do you think of this?" And you're like, "Damn, can I get a breather just to gather some thoughts right. and form an opinion?" 
That's that's my least favorite part about Twitter. And sometimes the answer really is I don't care. Right. <laughs> I do not care. Someone's getting released. They go into the other company. You'll see them more. Great for them. I don't care. So like, you know, recently Matt Hardy was really signs with AEW. He's gonna get to do what he wants. Great for him with the whole broken Matt Hardy thing. Hopefully they can they can execute his vision in a way that WWE didn't. But as of right now, and even the moment he got released, I don't care because I don't know what, how much more he can. Great character, but he could barely move in the ring. Yeah, in the end of the day, man, as great as your character is, you got to be able to perform. And yeah, you're right. I just don't know how much more he has left in the tank physically. What do you make of uh, AEW? For those that don't know, AEW is a new wrestling promotion. They've been around for a couple of months now. Uh, a bunch of old WWE wrestlers have pivoted over there. Chris Jericho is one of their top guys. These guys, the Young Bucks, Cody Rhodes, they were the top independent wrestlers in the world. And they kind of started this. And also the Jaguars owner, the Khan family, they are a part of this and they're investors and fund the show. Greg, what do you make of AEW? So, to be quite honest, I don't enjoy anything about AEW outside of what happens bell to bell. Mm. I don't like those people that have branded themselves hardcore fans. I don't like Tony Khan. I don't like the the constant need to to you know reference or take shots at WWE at WWE fans. I don't like um, you know the way the executives, certain executives, not all of them. I think Cody's like done great um, in his role as an executive, but I don't I don't like you know some of the others particularly, especially in their way to still respond as if they're you know twitter trolls or employees they don't hold themselves to higher standards but you know bell to bell what happens in the ring and on the shows they are doing a they're doing a damn good job with but um but yeah the the stuff around it i could i could not i could get rid of all that and be fine with yeah, I do see from the little that I've watched, a lot of times it does seem to be too over the top and a little too forced, where their in-ring stuff is up there with anyone in the world. Um, I want to go back a little bit to Mania. Do you think it's going to work with no audience? Yeah, absolutely. I think the I've, I've had this argument over the past few weeks, and I think the 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 value of the audience is... You know, vastly overstated. I think if you you know you watch these raws, you can see that like the no audience thing is it's sort of helping more than it's hurting, right? Because you know the promos. You know, Seth does a promo. People are like, oh my god, that's the best promo he ever did. Mm-hmm. Undertaker does a promo. He's like, oh my god, this is a promo of his career, thirty year career. You know, Kevin Owens. People are knocking these promos out of the park, and what's the what's the one thing that they all have in common? There's no crowd to jump in with a what chant, or for them to have to lose their train of thought responding to or anything like that, because they can just perform, which is what what you want to see out of them anyway. And and in these recent years too, it's like 
the crowd, man, the need to be a part of this show, especially this time of year, has hurt more than it's helped. Like, they, they come in with beach balls, you know, they, they throw tantrums when the, the ter- predetermined outcome that they've dreamt up for themselves isn't what the company has, and they, they sabotage these stories and then turn around and say, well, that didn't work. And it's like, yeah, it didn't work because, you know, in the middle of the story, which is going one way, they have to pivot and freestyle and add new details. And then next thing you know, none of it makes sense. And, you know, damned if you blame yourself, <laughs> right? Mm. It's going to be the company's fault for for constantly pivoting um, to sort of please the crowd. And even this idea that, like, you know, Mania is where the crowd goes home happy. It's like, mm. wrestling shows aren't always supposed to send the crowd home happy because, again, how do you tell that story if the crowd crowd's always happy? You know what I mean? Like, I don't think the crowd was happy when, when Yokozuna beat Hulk Hogan for the championship at King of the Ring. I don't think the crowd was, was necessarily happy, you know, when Triple H beat Booker T. But you got to tell these stories. You got to put these these pieces in place to keep it moving. So, I mean, no crowd, fine by me. Because then it'll let them actually perform and, and do what they need to do. Well, I think the I, I totally agree with you on the take that this is the time of year where the wrestling fan takes over. But, Greg, I blame no one but the WWE for that because they went on and did a network special on the Raw After Mania. And then it was one of those things where I felt like anytime WWE gets a hand of something that is dope to the audience like organically... They run it into the ground. Like Rusev Day became a thing out of nowhere. And then right. when they started endorsing it, it's like, all right, well, this shit is corny now. We can't like bang with it at all. Like they literally did a Raw After Mania network special to show how like hyped up the crowd is and how and they were endorsing, yeah, the crowd just takes over the show and they dictate uh promos and whatnot and they interrupt wrestlers and then the whole beach ball thing that you're talking about. Mm-hmm. So it's like, yo, they kind of did it to themselves. That's how they I did. feel about it. They absolutely did. And and just to add to that point, right, the the moment that they did it to themselves and you could see it was the Daniel Bryan storyline, right? Mm-hmm. They had Daniel Bryan win the title at SummerSlam and then lose it to Randy Orton and Triple H screws him over. Yeah, B-plus player, and the crowd is constantly getting behind him, getting behind him. And, uh, you know, in Daniel Bryan's book, he even writes about, you know, how – there were moments when he would tell them, like, listen, keep me off TV, keep this thing going. I don't know if he necessarily planned to ride it to a WrestleMania World Championship match. I think some of that had to do with, you know, CM Punk leaving the company. Mm-hmm. And then he uh, he built up his stock to right place, right time kind of thing. But when they decided that the story was that Daniel Bryan had so much organic fan support that they could no longer hold him back and they rewarded him with a world championship at Wrestlemania after letting fans come in the ring and hijack Raw and do this and do that that was when it was over because now if you look that whole storyline was about the company wanting to go one way and the fans demanding that they go the other way but the problem was that 
fans believe they have more influence than they had in that story. So if you look at it every year after that, when it was time for Mania season to start kicking up or the company wants to go another way, the fans tried to use that power that I don't think we really have to sort of like sabotage Roman Reigns, push Seth Rollins to the title, take Seth Rollins off the title, you know, get Finn Balor here, do this there. And it's like, you know, it made for a great all-time story, but now it's like, we got to relax with that taking you, over the show stuff. Yeah, you got to set your expectations a little bit more realistic. You can't always have what you want. Right. And especially in wrestling. Dude, if you were if you were talking to someone that's not a wrestling fan and you were going to tell them uh, it's a two-part question. What's the match that you would tell them to watch this weekend? I know no crowd. It might it might make it better for some people. But what match would you pick for them to watch? And then give me a wrestler right now in WWE, it could be NXT also, that you would tell them, yo, get behind this dude. He's potentially a Mount Rushmore guy later down the road. Like, when his time is up, give him his flowers. Okay, so I'm going to answer the second question first, right? The person that I would tell people, get behind this dude. He's potentially a Mount Rushmore dude. I'm going to go so far. This is going to sound crazy. Hot take alert, but I, I've said it before. I think that, you know, Adam Cole could be as big as The Rock in terms of however you want to take that, right? Like, in terms of when he shows up, the fans pop, he'll kill it on the mic, he will give you legendary epic matches. If he goes to Hollywood, he'll make millions and millions and millions of dollars in Hollywood. Adam Cole definitely is the guy that if you need to hit your wagon to anybody, and he's already on the rise, so you won't be able to say you got there first. Mm -hmm. But if you jump on it right now, Adam Cole is a guy that you can rock out with and go straight to the top. So that'd be be my pick. All right. First and foremost, uh, one of the main reasons why, obviously we wouldn't be able to do it in person anyway because of circumstances, but I like to... I like to have cameras set up so I could put clips on Instagram and Twitter and promote the show also. The smile on my face when you said Adam Cole. Because for those that listen to the show, for those of you guys that might not know why I say Bay Bay a lot on the show, is because of Adam <laughs> Cole. So my guy Greg, for you saying that, just got me. You just put me yeah. over, bro. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> listen, it's an easy pick. It, it is. But I also it think really it's is. I think it's the right one too, man. I think it's the right one. He got yeah. the charisma. Yo, there was a moment he was in a match with Alistair Black on a on a takeover. And this was the moment for me. It, it's one of those one of my favorite things about wrestling, Greg, is the 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 small subtleties that kind of like if you're really paying attention to the match you see, and there was this one moment where Alistair Black, it was either a Kendall stick or a chair, he puts it down. This was Takeover Philly, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he he, yep. uh, he might have tossed it to Adam Cole or something. And Adam Cole is picking himself up from the ropes. And he's just going, you're so dumb. You're so dumb. Like that he gave up the weapon in the match kind of thing. Yeah. And it's like, yo, it's one of those things where Adam Cole's face just lights up. And he's just like, oh, my God, you're such an idiot. You're so dumb. And then Adam Cole just like charges at him. It's like those little things that just get me, you know. And mm-hmm. there's certain times where 
If you guys ever go to a wrestling show in person, I know Greg has been to hundreds of them, as have I. When the when they go off air, right, and it's a commercial break. There was one time, Greg, it was at uh, at Barclays Center, and this is when Jericho and Kevin Owens were tagging up, and the crowd was doing the wave, and Kevin Owens grabs the mic. And he goes, hey, keep doing the wave if you think Michael Cole is good at commentary. And then the whole place stopped doing the wave. <laughs> so it's like those little things where they can improvise or it's, you know, out of the bullet points that they're given to hit on their promos. That is my favorite part of wrestling. Yeah, no, and I'm telling you, man, Adam Cole, he's going to be he's going to be big. His, and his size is not going to hold him back. I've heard people say, you know, that he's too small for wrestling or whatever the case may be. I don't think that matters anymore. I don't think so either. I don't. And then on top of that, you know, fine. That's fine. But when he goes to Hollywood, that's not an issue. Mm-hmm. He's got, In fact, his height makes him like the perfect bankable star. They can put him in scenes with anybody. He'll be great. Set him to Hollywood. Let him make millions of dollars. And then when he comes back, all those same people can say how they never doubted him. How he was the perfect, flawless, that he was never, you know, they never saw anything less for him. And just like they do with The Rock. I remember when The Rock debuted, you know, people wanted The Rock fired. They forget, but they wanted him out of the company. They wanted him dead. Die, Rocky, die. Yep. He had to face that everywhere. And now he comes back and everybody's like, The Rock was this big star. I saw it from the beginning. No, you didn't. Those right. chants came from somewhere. And, you know, Adam Cole has his doubters. He's going to shut them up the same way. And now, as far as the, the match the match to watch this weekend, I think just for, like, the weirdness of it all, because so there's two philosophies you can go with, right? If you watch it, because it's sports entertainment at the end of the day, mm-hmm. and they need to marry both. And, and in front of a crowd, they're able to do both. Very well, but without the crowd, they sort of have to pick their poison with each match. They could either lean into the sport and give you the athleticism and the and the and the combat, or they can lean into the entertainment, you know, driven by the sport, and then just give you like a weird experience. And I think without the crowd, the match you want to see for the weird experience of it is probably like Bray Wyatt, John Cena. Mm-hmm. Just to like see, like I said, the weirdness of it, the the experience, just like, because they're going to have to lean into the entertainment, especially with it being a Firefly Funhouse match. I don't expect them to be in the ring. I expect like, I expect a cinematic type of thing, which is what I said they should do too on, on Cheap Heat. You can find it everywhere you get podcasts, ESPN Cheap Heat, um, with my co-host Peter Rosenberg. Um, but I said they should do like WrestleMania the movie, film it like a movie, do these weird camera cuts, score it if they have to, and do it like that. And I think the Firefly Funhouse match will fit well in like a WrestleMania the movie type of setting. But then for a match match, I got to go Shayna Baszler and Becky Lynch because, mm. you know, Becky Lynch is in there with probably the best wrestler on the roster. And I say that because, you know, Shayna's so good that the fans don't appreciate it because she doesn't package it 
in the way we've come to to love our wrestlers to do it. You know, she doesn't right. fly a lot. She doesn't, you know, throw super kicks. She won't flip around. She's more technical and ground and pound kind of brawler type. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yes. So I think in terms of like the the skill for the sport of it, you definitely want to go go Shayna Baszler, Becky Lynch. But those will be the two. Yeah, I agree with you on that second one, man. Becky and, and Shayna is going to be dope. I'm looking forward to Edge and Randy Orton because I've, I've been a Randy Orton fan forever. Um, I feel like he doesn't get the proper respect that he deserves. And you know what's funny? When, uh, when that initial rush of, rush of those NXT guys came in, like Bobby Roode, and uh, I know McIntyre was with the company, so he's a bad one. But like AJ Styles, when he came over mm-hmm. too, it's like, yo, Randy Orton just his birthday is actually t- today, ironically today, enough. Yeah. So he just turned forty. But it's like he's been around for so long that you consider him as an old head. But he's young still. He's like younger than Bobby Roode. Yeah, he's younger than AJ too. I think. Yeah, like AJ's like forty-one. But this is my favorite kind of Randy Orton, the 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 jerk Randy Orton, the 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 dick. Like he's just an asshole right now, and that's my favorite version of Randy, the smug Orton. Like this is the best version of Randy Orton. And Greg, I, I want to close this out with, with you right here, man. I've kept you long enough. You gave me your time, oh, but oh no, yeah, happy to be here. My favorite, absolute favorite thing about wrestling and the one thing that I always bitch and moan about on Twitter, this is when I become a troll, is when they spoil returns. When they spoil returns, it's the one thing where you get the organic reaction from the crowd. And for me, man, if you remember, the Royal Rumble was the day that Kobe Bryant passed away also. Yeah. And I wasn't the biggest Kobe fan. I'm not going to front and be like, yo, Kobe was... Like, I respected him, obviously, because I love basketball and I love greatness. But he was never, like, my top guy. And when he died, though, like, there was just such a buzz around the world where it was kind of just, like, you just felt deflated. And, bro, when I tell you, Greg, when Edge's music hit at the Rumble, for those 90 seconds, it felt like nothing else mattered. And that is the one thing that I tell everyone about when they tell me, like, yo, why do you still watch wrestling? Why do you like wrestling? First of all, people like what they like. Let them be, number one. Number two... Number two, like, yo, the reaction and the surprise to me, because I didn't know. I stay off the dirt sheets. Like, I know there's mania spoilers. Like, no, nah, I want to sit back, relax. It's let me. This is my form of entertainment that I really enjoy. Let me just watch it. And when Edge came out, bro, like, I, like, was. I should have been in one of those reaction videos if I had a camera set up. <laughs> right. Yeah, man, it's same. And Edge, I remember they, there was some speculation that he would return. And I was just like, eh. Not happening. So thankfully, I didn't buy into it. Because if you're one of those people who heard it and bought into it, you know, it was ruined for you. But I was the same way. And MVP, too, when his music hit, mm. he popped up. I was just like, okay, I can get behind this. And it's it's just amazing, too, how, like, the narrative changes a little bit. Because I remember surprise entrance at Royal Rumble wasn't really that much of a, a thing. I think the first big surprise entrant that I can remember was Mr. Perfect. When he came back, mm. and then after every year after that, we all won't sort of expect that somebody great has to come back. Um, so yeah, Edge and M- Edge was a good one though, especially for the way his career ended. Yeah, oh, to set man. up that rated RKO run. Yeah, that was that's man, that's my absolute favorite thing about wrestling. 
Like when Shane, I think the last time that it happened that organically was when Shane came back. This recent, like, I mean, it's been yeah. a, over a handful of years now, but that in Detroit, right? Yeah, yeah. When he came back, when there was like, uh, I was actually watching this video the other day. Again, I've been going down these weird rabbit holes, Greg's from just like. <laughs> All this weird shit that I'm watching on YouTube, man. I got so much time on my hands. But one of the things that popped up, like, on the recommend, uh, recommended tabs from the things that I watched prior was uh, Shane McMahon coming back. And, like, you just hear it in the crowd. And you could tell, like, when they announced Cena's coming back on a SmackDown, and I get it, man. I totally get it from a business perspective. You want to get people to be tuned in so that it could be a bigger rating. I totally understand. But Yeah, they try to pop the rating. Of course, of course. And I feel them, you know. But, ah, oh, just... The, the the mark in me wants it not to be happening. Yeah, same. And it's it's I forgive them a little bit because they sort of serve in two masters, right? You got the casual fans mm-hmm. and the network, and you know you want to pop the rating, but but for the marks who've been there from the beginning, like me and you, who ain't going nowhere, right? When they give us that surprise return, I mean, like you said, there's nothing like it. Guys, really it's, like it. it's at Stat Guy Greg SGG Greg Hyde, the shoot name. Greg, I appreciate it, man. Tell the people where they could find you. If there's anything else you're working on, anything else you want to promote or plug, the floor is yours. Just a just a cheap heat podcast, man. At Stat Guy Greg on Twitter and Instagram. Uh, Greg Hyde. I'm an attorney in New York. You know, you can find me if you Google me, Greg Hyde, lawyer. I'm one of the first people to pop up. Um. Yeah, thanks for having me. I could talk wrestling all day. So, you know, with the quarantine, we all trying to fill time, like you said. So I appreciate you having me come here and talk graps a little bit. This shit my whole life. Yeah. All right, guys. Joining me now is a friend of mine. She is a producer at Spectrum News for New York. New York one usually does traffic, but no one's roaming the streets nowadays because of this Corona shit. My girl Valerie Theophanis, she's a dirty Greek just like me. Val, I mean that in the utmost respect. <laughs> wow, thanks for joining me, man. I appreciate it. Thank you for having me. So the reason why I have you on, and uh, I've been trying to get you on and to work you in because you do work in like media somewhat, and you do cover the news. But now with this Corona stuff, I think it was very telling. And people really, as a sports fan, I think when the NBA got locked out, that's when shit hit the fan and everyone was like, okay, for them to just give up on a billion-dollar organization and just shut shit down, it got to be for real. So what's it been like covering this whole Corona virus stuff? And us being from New York, we're, like, in the heart of it. Yeah, I mean... I have never seen anything like this before in my life. Um, I think there are very few people who, in the media industry, at least that I've worked with, who have something to compare this to. Um, some reporters who I've spoken with who have covered like 9-11 and said how you know the city was shut down for a little bit, but I still think this is you know different and in so many different ways. And is unlike anything anyone has ever seen before because the entire city and the entire world, quite frankly, has um, shut down in some way or form. And, you know, I was in the office last week and 
my commute in just on the subway and on the railroad and just walking in the streets I have never in my life especially on a Monday morning you know primetime morning rush hour have seen the city so quiet so that was jarring in so many ways and eerie and I mean unlike a New York I have ever seen before as a native New Yorker too so it's it's pretty wild I have to say and unbelievable so many so many aspects what are some of the precautions that you're taking in particular and you've been advised to by experts like I know I've seen some of your Instagram stuff you've been either setting up shows and talking to like whether it's like I know you did something with some yoga chick the other day and then like Mm -hmm. you've had different other people what are they telling you outside of the you know social distancing thing yeah just like washing your hands um trying not to touch your face social distancing is obviously a huge factor um avoiding contact with people um staying indoors if you are feeling um any of the symptoms related to coronavirus you know keep to yourself self-isolate so um i am trying to practice that as much as possible um but again when you live with other people and you're in a close confined space it's as much as you try to isolate it's still hard and i you know live with four other people so we've all and i'm not feeling well myself and we all are kind of coughing and you know Mm. aching here and there so it's hard when you're living in the same space as your relatives um I've been working remote since I started feeling ill um, last Tuesday. I was at work, like I said, immediately left once I started sneezing and coughing. Um, and now I'm, I feel much better than I did, you know, the first few days. But still, I let everyone at work know I probably shouldn't come back for a good 14 days, mm. um, as is advised by the CDC. Um, but, you know, trying to do my best to stay clear of everyone definitely like my grandma and my other relatives who I don't live with haven't seen anyone because I don't want to get anyone else sick so yeah and especially us being from New York uh there's a big video right now that I sent you right before we started recording and it's it's gotten close to like 600,000 hits of Astoria Park which Man, I really think that a lot of people are not taking this seriously enough. There's hundreds of people there using the workout equipment as I'm looking now. They're running the track. And look, I can't front, Val. I've been guilty. I literally just came back from the track. But at my crib, I live in Long Island. So there was literally no one there because it rained today on Sunday. But do you still think people are not taking this seriously enough? Because it seems like it from this video that we're looking at. I mean... I can't speak for the entire population. Um, I hope people are taking it seriously because they should be taking it seriously. Um, 80% of the population will have mild symptoms, but, you know, for the 20% who will be hospitalized, who will, you know, go into the ICU, who may end up losing their lives from it, I mean, it's a big deal. So people should not be selfish and you know, really pay attention to what's going on, really practice social distancing. It's hard being cooped up inside um, a house, inside of an apartment. I'm going stir crazy, you know, and I think everyone is, but it's really important to, you know, pay attention to what's going on, practice social distancing, pay attention to the rules. And if you do have to go out, I mean, the story of video that I'm seeing here, 
there are a lot of people. The workout equipment that people are using is also a little worrisome because are people wiping down after they're done? They were saying, you know, how gyms, they the reason they close gyms down too, obviously big groups of people congregating in one space, but, you know, coronavirus spreads through your bodily fluids mm-hmm. and sweat is one of them. Um, also, just so, touching the equipment can't be good if you have it and then I go and use the, the exactly, dumbbells after exactly. you. Exactly. But again, Friday was a beautiful, warm day. And I'm sure as we get more into, you know, spring and then summer, it's going to be tempting not to go outside, but we have to do our best. So I don't know. I hope people are taking it seriously. They should. Last thing I want to ask you as we're winding down here, I don't want to take too much of your time up, even though you're probably just going to be chilling at home like all of us are doing. (laughs) Uh, how long? How long you think this yeah. is realistically? If you had to guess, um, or if you've talked to anyone, um, I know you working at a news outlet. You probably have different connections or networking that you know someone else might not have. What could you say, or just give me a guess? How long you think this is going to be the case? Because the reason why I ask that is, you look at what's happened in like China and in Italy, where they got it really, really bad, and they've been on this lockdown weeks and months ago and now they're like starting to get out of it Uh and you know i know my show is a sports show but like i said in the opening how the nba got affected by this the whole world is affected by this there's no live sports on shit espn is showing like wrestling reruns from the 90s i'm a big wrestling fan but still (laughs) so what would you say is your guess on how long this might be the situation i mean it's hard to say. I'm not an expert in any in the medical field. Um, I'm not an economic expert, so I don't really know from what we've uh, been reporting and from what we've seen, and you know, reports that have come out from elected officials um, and public officials. I mean, one of which was from our comptroller Scott Stringer. He gave basically two scenarios. One was, you know kind of a best case scenario which said you know things can be up and running or slowly start reopening and get back up and running by may um worst case scenario would be june july i don't think anything is going to be you know even close to reopening um until maybe may and now again that's just my personal opinion just considering that schools in the city are closed until april 20th state schools will be closed until April 15th. Um, and then you have to also factor in um, when the peak is set mm-hmm. to kick in, which they say could be, you know, still a few weeks out. So I don't think anything before May. And even in May, I mean, you start opening things up again, businesses, schools, and things aren't going to go back to normal right away just because, you know, a storefront, you know, opens up, you know, for good you still have to rehire people. There's still so much that still needs to go in motion. So I think we're looking maybe, and this is again, just a personal opinion, um, maybe mid-May, maybe June, I would veer, you know, towards that. I don't think anything um, in April, but again, I could be wrong. This is such a fluid situation and things are constantly changing. So I would take what I say with a grain of salt, but um, that is my what my thinking is. 
Man, I, I hope you're wrong. Uh, <laughs> I hope I'm wrong too. Oh, the, I hope yeah, I'm wrong yeah. too. For sure, for sure. Because I know um, in April there's like this massive, massive UFC event that everyone's been expecting and hyping up, and it was supposed to be in Brooklyn, and now um, Dana White, the president of the UFC, is like, "Nah, that shit is happening because we've been hyping it up, and they've tried to put this fight together five different times, and it's always been canceled." It's probably the biggest fight that the UFC could put together. And it was supposed to be in Brooklyn. And I was pumped. And then, of course, this shit happens. And selfishly, Val, it was the first thing I thought. I was like, oh, my God, they're going to take Tony and Khabib away from us. But that's just a sports fan in me. Yeah, I honestly wouldn't hold my breath if it's in April. That um, that might not happen. No, thanks for making again, me feel better. Sorry to, to be the bearer of bad news, but that's what uh, I wouldn't uh, get my hopes up too much. Well, Val, I appreciate your your time. Thanks for hopping on the call with me. Of course, is, thank you. Is there anything you want to plug, promote uh, your social media? They're going to be in the description, but I also like people to say it themselves. So tell us where they can find you if they want to contact you. You can follow me on Twitter or on Instagram at Val Theofanis. Um, I'll have you put that out since I have a long Greek last name mm -hmm. uh, to avoid me spelling it right now. But I think the most important thing to do is just, you know, stay informed, listen to what our officials are telling us, stay indoors if you're not feeling well. Seriously, stay indoors, stay away from people, um, especially those who are vulnerable and, you know, you know we're new yorkers and we're gonna get through it and you know at the end of the day we need to stay positive and you know we'll get through this all together this is the story of the one as head of maintenance at a concert hall he knows the show must always go on that's why he works behind the scenes ensuring every light is working the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.